0: I'm A.J. Hoffman with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Two NFC East teams vying for their first win of the season. You don't want to fall out of it this early. The Washington football team, three-and-a-half-point favorites, hosting the New York Giants. How has the NFC East landscape changed From the beginning of the season to the start of week two, I think there's a lot of things that have happened that has made for a lot of moves out here in the desert, including a big injury in Dallas and the Baltimore Ravens, a team that's playing the Kansas City Chiefs, can't afford to have any injuries. They pick up another one today. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. a future. Vegas Strip. Here's RJ Bell. Not quite. Welcome to Straight Out of Vegas. I'm AJ Hoffman. I'm filling in for RJ Bell. He's to Joe in LA, Jonas Knox. What's up, Jonas? Uh,
1: not much. I'm just thinking about how many bets I'm going to lose in a couple hours. Uh, that's oh, that's come all. This on. Is. Come on, it's a typical on. Thursday here. You got to have a yin and a yang on this show. You guys are the experts. You guys win a ton of money, and I look like a fool. Uh, and a you know what? Here on the air weekly, and I'm okay with it because I think I do represent uh, a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out what direction uh, they are going to go on this game. It is a a divisional game. Uh, you've got the Washington football team, a three and a half point favorite on on pregame.com as they play host to the Giants so these division games are pretty important early in the season it could impact things down the stretch but I I just I don't know that we're going to see these two teams at the top of this whole thing when it's all said and done
0: well let's get the let's get the the Joe's reaction then Jonas what's when you see that line three and a half based on what all the preseason narrative was on the Giants and the football team what's your initial response to that number
1: I mean, this is a backup quarterback and the Giants are a three and a half point underdog. Like that, like that, that to me is pretty alarming. When you see that, you know, a uh, Taylor Heineke is the backup quarterback there in Washington, and look, he looked good in the playoffs last year against Tampa. I thought, I thought he looked pretty good last week, but he's still a backup quarterback. And when you're the Giants and you feel like Daniel Jones might be your franchise guy, and he's a first round draft pick, and you feel like you're trying to piece together an organization, and you really like your head coach, and you feel like you're going in the right direction, the fact that it's already week two, you find yourself, you know, on the opposite side. Of a three and a half point spread on the road, I don't know if this is just a short week and what and what we've seen historically with it when it comes to road teams on short weeks. But to me, I think that's a pretty damning statement from you know the betting lines and the people making those lines in Vegas about where the Giants are at.
0: So I guess the question then is, when you think about the football team, you, you mentioned them in the playoffs, Heineke in the playoffs, meaning they won the division because no, only one team from the NFC East made the playoffs last year. And their quarterback situation all season long was a disaster. Alex Smith, great comeback story, was horrible on the field, yeah, just horrible. Yeah. Kyle Allen w- was a disaster. He's he's the third string here. Well, I guess he's the backup now with with Fitzpatrick out. So the question becomes: is is their quarterback play with Taylor Heineke? I know I know Fitzpatrick was expected to be an upgrade. But is their quarterback play with Heineke going to make them anything less than the best team in the NFC East this year?
1: I mean, that's – look, and I know we're going to do a deep dive into what some other problems in the NFC East are at right now. Here's here's the part that I find a little bizarre. They clearly – like, like where would, Just off the top of your head, not not to, to pigeonhole you into have, you know, answering this specifically where they are, when it comes to quarterback situations in the NFL, meaning a guy you got that you believe in, a guy you feel good about moving forward, where do you put Washington when it comes to just the quarterback position in the NFL? Do you put them in the bottom 10? Because I would put them in the bottom 10.
0: They're certainly in the bottom 10 because they've got... Well, and especially now with the injury. But let's just say if Ryan Fitzpatrick were healthy, they're still in the bottom 10 because yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick is fine. He's a stopgap guy. No one looks at Ryan Fitzpatrick as the future quarterback of a, of a team. the The other thing is they don't have a young guy that they think is going to eventually take over from him. So they don't have a potential long-term answer at quarterback on the roster. And maybe even worse than those two things is – they're going they're, they've proven that they're competitive enough yes without a, <laughs> right. a great quarterback right. that they're not going to be in a position to draft one either so they're in a really weird spot now there there's always the possibility of, of trades and maybe someone doesn't I mean maybe Deshaun Watson if he gets cleared he becomes available for something or there's a team who's got a young quarterback that they want to give up on and move on to something else but it, those guys you can't feel I mean other than Deshaun but if you're talking about a guy another team's giving up on you can't feel like that's just the answer the like, for sure oh we can fix him I, I so yeah I think Washington is one of maybe maybe even one of the bottom five I mean yeah. which what quarterback situations you, you know if you said hey for the next three years Who's got a worse quarterback situation than them? I I would argue, I mean, maybe Carolina, because they actually believe in Sam Darnold. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But... I, I I don't know who's who's worse off,
1: and, and that's what's strange about the whole thing. Is you came into this year, you know you got a defense. Like, like we can all agree that that front seven is a nightmare. I actually think that front seven is is the reason Carson Wentz melted down last year. The second half of that opener last year, what they did to him, I don't think he ever recovered from. And so when you see that front seven and that defense, and you know you got a guy in Ron Rivera that you buy into and the plan during the offseason at quarterback was Ryan Fitzpatrick, it just doesn't make sense. It like it felt like there was an opportunity for them to really take hold of the division, and instead they went the cheap route, and, and I don't know, just you know, in thinking back to what, what their plan was or who they were trying to obtain or whether or not they were trying to make a move in the draft to move up, I think they were connected or tied to at least Mac Jones. I, I think I remember hearing something along those lines, but it just feels like they find themselves in a spot where they have no quarterback of the future really or at least that's a perception unless taylor heineke shocks a lot of people and they sort of went the fitzpatrick route and how long into that game did it take before we realize oh he's he's a veteran quarterback you know now he's dealing with an injury and now we're sort of you know up s creek with a toilet paper paddle trying to figure out what we're going to do at the position i just i think the the offseason and their approach to that position was bizarre to say the least i don't understand I w- it
0: I would agree, and you know what? I forgot about another team. I think the the Houston Texans are in that That's same good. conversation. <laughs> that is good. I mean, it, yes. it, 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 they they have a franchise guy on their team. It doesn't look like he's going to be playing for them no. again anytime soon. But you know, it's funny. You mentioned the defense and, and how great that defense is. Of all the quarterbacks last week who actually played a full game, so I'm not talking about Trey Lance who got in for you know for a drop back or, or Jordan Love or, or even Justin Fields. Of all the guys that played a full game last week, the least pressured quarterback in the NFL was Justin Herbert, who was playing behind a totally revamped offensive line against that front four of Washington that, I mean, is basically all, every one of those guys is a pro bowler. Some of them are all pros. And so I worry that, man, if the football team's defense isn't just a monster, and it was last year and there's reason to expect maybe they regress a little bit because of the the schedule that they're going to play this year. The offensive lines they played last year, they had some luck. But if if you're going to not pressure the quarterback and you're not and that's the best thing that you did a year ago and you've got this quarterback situation, Washington who, you know, was a they were a, a real darling to win this. If if you didn't like the Cowboys, you pretty much liked the football team to win the division. And now one Fitzpatrick injury later, and we're like, "Ooh, do we do we want any part of this?"
1: And it was, I think, uh, on Straight Out of Vegas last year. McKenzie, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, Washington football team was the pick. I think RJ gave that out as a division winner earlier in the you know, season. If I'm not that, mistaken, that's, that's correct. He
0: got there early. It was plus three fifty. All off season, we saw nothing but Washington money. Closed at plus two hundred. Even with their loss, they're still plus two seventy five. We still got value. And I can tell you what we did on the podcast last night, the uh, the Dream Preview podcast was RJ constructed. Basically, he said, "How much money am I going to have to put on Dallas and Philly <laughs> to get out of this Washington <laughs> ticket?" And That's and it's move. good. It, it, it's good for him that he got such a good number with Washington. So that way, he's and, and I think with the amount he's got invested, he's still hoping for Washington. To win, but he certainly he'd be fine with a break-even at this point. He he wants to get out of that thing, and I can't say that I blame him because through one week, there's not much to. And listen, the, the football team was my best bet in week one. I thought the football team was was going to handle the Chargers because I thought, oh, that front four against a young offensive line, yeah. a quarterback, you know, in in Justin Herbert who's learning a new system in just his second year. This is they're licking their chops and they did nothing yeah. and and really the Chargers controlled that game
1: and it was Rashawn Slater who's getting a lot of the rave reviews, the uh, rookie uh, offensive tackle for the Chargers out of Northwestern, who did just a phenomenal job. And it's, imagine that your first game as an NFL pro and you draw that. Like, like, that's what you've got to deal with week one of the season, your, your NFL debut, and he did a phenomenal job. So maybe we also look, and this might be a conversation for another time, but we also look at, okay, now do we upgrade the Chargers? Now now if the Chargers have figured it out from an offensive line standpoint to go with all that they've got on offense, if they can just stay healthy with which they've been unable to do. Maybe the Chargers are another dark horse team that we look at. I I just – yeah, Washington, if if you're not getting pressure on the court, if your team's built on defense – and all of a sudden the defense doesn't look like what you thought it looked, similar to what we saw with the Bears against the Rams on Sunday night, yep. <laughs> this could go south in a hurry. And, and I don't think that you've got the horses on offense to be able to cover up or make up. They've got some weapons. McLaurin is a stud. Uh, you know, They they feel pretty good about a couple of pieces there, but this is not a juggernaut on offense that you look at and go, they're going to save us Save us if our defense falls apart. It's just not happening.
0: No, and and listen, not, not to turn people off from watching this game tonight, Nobody's thinking the Giants are a juggernaut either. No. Uh, yeah. And they're making some offensive line adjustments. They're, they're starting Billy Price at center, and they're moving Nick Gates to guard. So they're one week into the season, and mind you, they got the doors blown off of them by Denver. But one week into the season, and they're already moving things around. Uh, I saw a report today, highly unlikely that they take the training wheels off Saquon Barkley. He was hardly involved. I think he was on the field for less than 50% of the offensive snaps last week. It doesn't sound like they want to ramp him up too much, too fast. And if he's not on the field, he's the he's the best weapon they got. If he's not on the field, what's what is this Giants offense going to do? Are they going to be? Is it going to be the Daniel Jones show? And it's just it seems hard to believe for me. Here's one thing going for Daniel Jones. He's won eight games in his career in the NFL. His (laughs) record's eight and 19 four of those eight wins are against a football team. 4-0 and 0 against Washington. 4-19 <laughs> and 19 against the rest of the league. So, I mean, maybe Daniel Jones has the, he's got the recipe. Maybe he's got it figured out.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, Mitch Trubisky against the Lions. Like, for whatever reason, he was just really good against the Lions. Like, you look at his numbers. I'm not sure the win-loss, but you look at his numbers against the Lions, and, and he was just good against them uh, for whatever reasons. So, yeah, well, it this could is... be that
0: the Lions are awful. That, that could have something to do.
1: That might clear up the mystery, Honestly, too, Jonas, I think
0: most quarterbacks in the NFL have a good record against the Lions. That's, That's uh... a good
1: po- I mean, listen, <laughs> I, do, I do have a question about the uh, the podcast you guys did last night, and I, I'm going to need McKenzie to answer this and not AJ. Uh, did uh, AJ verbally attack and assault Steve Fezzik like he did a week ago? Did that happen on the podcast last night? No,
0: not verbally. There was some. Uh, there was some strong <laughs> glares across the table. I would <laughs> say. Well, went. here's the deal, Jonas. That bet that I made, that I thought I was so sharp on last week, it lost. The Chiefs did not cover, <laughs> so I had to give Fez three hundred bucks. And what do you like? We walk in, and what do I see? Oh, we've got crossfire on Steve's second strongest pick. Against my second or my, my least second strong pick, so I, I did not feel good about that. Uh, so Fez Fez has the upper hand once again. Trust me. Don't See, don't worry for Fez. He's well, okay.
1: And Fez is the type of guy to where if you know you lose a three hundred dollar bet to him, he'll make you count it in ones in front of him. Like like he's <laughs> he's all about the embarrassment to go along with it because no, he just loves dishing that out. That's how. It then
0: works. boy, I haven't gotten that far in with Fez because he just took the envelope <laughs> and and moved on. So. Oh, of course uh one more note on the giants the giants have not sat with a winning record they've they've had zero weeks with a record above 500 since 2017 jesus i mean this is a sad sack franchise right now and to the point where jesus. last night when we were talking about how to get out of this washington ticket we all said well We know the Giants have zero chance. (laughs) They're they're 0-1, and and we act like they're 0-9. We're just like, we can forget about them. Because if the Giants were to somehow win this division, my head would explode. But they just look so inept, and they seem so far away from fixing this thing. And the Giants, you know, they may be nearing that bottom five quarterback situation as well, because this is Daniel Jones' last shot, and it's not off to a great start at all.
1: Yeah, that that that's a rough scope of it. And now now that you think about it, they've gone that long with being good. I don't blame Joe Judge making them crawl around in mud in the off season. I don't. I mean, like, why not? What what's worse to happen? They're gonna lose more. Like, go for it.
0: Well, let's look at the NFC East on the other side of the break. Let's look at how the the odds have shifted, and I mean, listen, one of these teams is going to be zero and two tonight, and and you know, I'm not going to say officially eliminated from a division that it might take seven wins to, to take, uh, but but we'll talk about the odds and how they've shifted, and we'll look at a major injury in that division that's you know not to a uh, not to a quarterback, but to a guy that was
1: pretty important to his team in week one, and this. This is the pregame show you've always wanted straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree
1: with show. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And coming up here in just a couple of moments from now, we are going to get into the injury in the NFC East to watch, how it could impact things moving forward. Uh, Right now, though, it's normally when we uh, have a weather update there live from the Strip. I don't know if McKenzie is. uh, I can do this. Okay, there he goes. The yeah, weatherman I, I, all the way from Houston making it happen in Vegas. Right. I, I say oh, we
0: We like to bring the fun and flavor and excitement of Vegas to you every day. Here on the Strip, a cold front has blown through. <laughs> the weather is 99. There's only two numbers on the screen. The neon is frozen, Jonas. I, if you can I believe mean,
1: it. My God, and Mackenzie. Of all the people that have filled in and done that, um, the, I think that was the smoothest one in the history of Straight of Vegas. <laughs> as far as I think as you're far right, it was in. silky. The flavor, yeah, it was the flavor of was, Vegas. I like some, that. Something tells you maybe you've done a few of those in Houston or had to do a few of those in Houston because of uh, you know somebody maybe not making it into work or something like that. You know, it feels no, like it's a funny. Experience
0: when uh, when I first started in Houston, they they had me doing like updates, ticker updates dates during my show and I was so horrible at these updates and purposely <laughs> by the way I didn't want to do updates I like I'd never do, I didn't do them when I like I did them when I was young in the business but then once I had a show I didn't do them anymore and I wasn't trying to get sucked back into that <laughs> so I would purposely sabotage these uh, these updates and they were like okay enough of that we'll get someone else to do them it's not your job
1: I, I, I can remember I did uh, updates in uh, Charleston South Carolina It was you know, market 83 at the time and you know I would do, and I thought oh yeah I know, I know how to do sports updates and then an opportunity came to do updates at Fox Sports Radio. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, I told Dan Byer, who's the head of the update anchors, I said, hey, uh, you know, let me, I'll just sit in with you. I already know how to do updates. I just want to see kind of how you guys do it. And it took about 40 seconds in for me to realize Oh, I'm terrible at this. Oh, that's well, that, so, so what I thought I was good at. I'm not good anymore hearing professionals do it like him and Steve DeSager. And then, you know, the, the rest is me just trying to figure out how not to be completely awful at it every time I crack the mic.
0: Well, in Charleston, South Carolina, you're giving out like the traffic update and, and the high school football scores. Yes. I mean, that, it's, a it's, a yeah. world, yeah, it's a, a different of, world, man. It's a different world.
1: And, uh, you know, College of Charleston uh, basketball games and scores, uh, you know, back in the day. Yes. So that's uh, that. That was all happening back then.
0: Well, and let's so, get it. Let, let's get into this NFC East, Jonas.
1: Yes, and the Demarcus Lawrence injury is where we want to start. Uh, he suffered the injury in practice, uh, the broken foot. Uh, the report is he's going to be out six to eight weeks. So the pass rusher, and might add the highly paid pass rusher for the Dallas Cowboys, is going to be gone for quite a while for Dallas. Um, there's been a lot of talk about their defense, where their defense has been at the past couple of years. They felt like they were making some strides. They were getting after it a little bit on uh, on the season open opener last Thursday against Tampa Bay but nonetheless not a good not a good thing for the Dallas Cowboys as they head uh, into this weekend's matchup with the Chargers
0: well let's talk about Demarcus Lawrence last year a year that I think most people would say defensively was not great for the Dallas Cowboys can we can we agree on that point I think you had
1: players that were saying they were confused by the scheme uh, publicly (laughs) which is not good
0: No, it's that's always embarrassing when not the opposing
1: players, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, you (laughs) want to confuse the the opponents, not your own guys, especially like you know once you're a few weeks into the season, if you're still confused by the schemes. Boy, th- that's yeah. that's a real indictment there, isn't
1: it? Like, if I went to Scott Shapiro after the show and said, you know, I'm a little confused <laughs> as to how to do radio, he'd probably be like, all right, cool. Why don't you go back to Chuck E. Cheese then? Uh, figure out how to bust tables there, and, and we'll, we'll work on uh, getting somebody else in here. W-
0: well, on that awful defense last year, DeMarcus Lawrence was an 88.7 on PFF, which is the seventh highest graded edge rusher all of last season. So as bad as they were, this guy was the real deal. And week one, boy, was more of the same. 91.4 grade in week one. Was that the highest on Dallas, uh, McKenzie? It was. Highest graded player on Dallas. Highest graded player for the Cowboys in a game where they were almost able to knock off the defending Super Bowl champs at home. So now he's out for six to eight weeks. And boy, suddenly it feels like we've got questions about Dak's health. And he looked good week one. I don't think they had. I don't think they pictured him throwing the football 80 times in week one, but he did it. Uh, so if if let's say let's just pretend Dak is gonna stay healthy for the rest of the year, if you start going down the list of guys who you can't afford to lose, I don't know if you get much beyond Dak Prescott before you get to Demarcus Lawrence
1: yeah it's uh and, and he's definitely an impact player i i would say i would say this you know he doesn't get a lot of discussion i mean when it comes to the sack totals and, and pff you know brings in a lot of other aspects to the game um, but when it comes to the sack totals since he signed that contract he has not been anywhere close to what they thought i think when they gave him that massive contract which kind of gets under discussed because people look at zeke elliott but nonetheless you're clearly a, a defense they can't afford to lose anybody like, like you, you especially with the injury you've suffered the past couple of years, you're hoping for a year in which health is at least somewhat on your side. And AJ, when you're a week into the season and you lose a guy like that, who does impact that defense in other ways, not just the sack numbers, and now you're going to be out for two months and that look that two months is best case scenario we don't know how he's going to come back from from dealing with a foot injury you push off in the wrong direction how many players have we seen not only in in the nfl but the nba they just push off in the wrong direction next thing you know they got problems this just feels like as you know, it goes back to what we talked about with them being on hard knocks. There's a reason why no team on hard knocks has ever gotten past what the conference championship game. Like if That's we can right. say, we can say, oh, well, it's just coincidental. It doesn't mean anything. Okay, well, well, maybe it does mean something because here we are. We're a weekend. They're zero and one. They lost a game they should have won. They've got kicker issues, and now they've got a major injury on defense. Not a good thing for Dallas. Maybe we
0: can do this study, McKenzie. Look in the database at how teams perform off hard knocks. When their season of Hard Knocks was terrible, that's versus true. if the <laughs> season was actually entertaining, <laughs> that's a <good> point. because <laughs> yes. that was such a horrible season. Maybe they're maybe they're getting so much grief on social media that all the guys are bummed. I don't know, it, but that was a terrible. <laughs> like uh, that's like the the most can't miss show. How do you mess up a season of Hard Knocks yet somehow like I, I got zero entertainment out of that entire season it, of Hard Knocks? And it was Adam. By the way, Adam Schefter reported there's going to be a major announcement yes. regarding Hard Knocks at halftime. Maybe it's they're going to they're going to try to be more interesting next time. Well, what's your guess on that, Jonas? What do you think well, it is? Well, I,
1: I think um, they're going to now allow because one of the stipulations is what, what is it? You can't be a member of you can't be a cast on Hard Knocks if you have a rookie head coach or if you miss the playoffs the previous season or there's there's something along those lines. There's like a stipulation if you make the playoffs, you can't be on okay, it. Okay, yeah. So if you make the playoffs. I mean, tell me you wouldn't want to have seen Urban Meyer rather than the Dallas Cowboys and, and uh, Mike McCarthy this hard knock season. Like, to I
0: me- mean, that would have been a much more interesting uh, show. But I'll say this: you know what I think it is? I think the major announcement is they're going to do an in season hard knocks.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, oh boy. I'd be interested in that. Uh, look, if, if coaches don't like their team being filmed the way that they're filmed during hard knocks in training camp, I can't imagine there's a lot of coaches that are going to sign up for the in-season stuff when frustrations are at an all-time high. And here's the other part. This is what makes it that much more egregious how awful the season was. This is Dallas's third try at this. Like, this is yeah. your third, like you, you've, had, you've had two practice runs, and you still can't get it right. I stopped watching. I just didn't. It, it did nothing for me. And I love uh, football documentaries, Hard Knocks, A Football Life, uh, grew up on NFL films, all that stuff. I love everything about those sort of documentaries and in-depth looks, and I just stopped watching. It, it, I just had little to no interest for me.
0: The most memorable thing about this season of Hard Knocks was Jerry Jones putting salt on his McGriddle. Yes. Which that was it. weird. That was the we- moment of the uh, of the season. Okay, well, let's talk about how the lines have moved based on this injury. It, just a slight tick down uh, for the Cowboys. They were they're plus one forty five now. They were pl- uh, plus one forty before this injury news. But let's talk about how the how they've moved since b- before Week One started. You know, the the, the Cowboys were plus one fifty Week One. They take a loss. Now they're plus one forty four. The football team was plus 200. Now they're plus 275 after their loss. Here's the big mover, though. The Eagles, who were plus 555 pre-week one, they're now plus 280. So th- th- a lot of people... And the Eagles blew out what we think is a pretty bad Atlanta team, yeah. but that got a lot of people's attention.
1: Yeah, and and I think Jalen Hurts looked a lot better than a lot of people expected because there's there was sort of this feeling going into the season that yeah, I guess we'll go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I guess we'll, you know, we'll, we'll opt to go with Jalen Hurts. But I think a lot of people anticipated that, well, you know, they're going to give him – it's going to be a short leash, and then they're going to move on from him, uh, and they're going to go in a different direction, which is why they've been rumored to be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes because a lot of people felt like, yeah, they're not totally committed to Jalen Hurts. He's, it doesn't mean that he's their guy. And then on top of that, they go out and they trade for Gardner Minshew. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, outside – of Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback in the division in week one. I, I thought he looked good. I-, I thought the offense looked pretty good. I'm not saying Atlanta's a world beater because uh, they are clearly uh, have got their own uh, issues going on. But if, but if you're Jalen Hurts and, and you can just do that and and, and try and, and not turn the football over and 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 make enough plays, maybe they'll they'll be in the mix here and they'll be in the swing of things. Um, I, I did notice that there was one team that was nowhere close to to winning the division though, based on these odds. I, I did oh, well, see the,
0: that. The, you know what? We'll get to the Giants' odds. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You saying the San Francisco Giants are losing? That kind of makes me like the football Giants because I don't remember the last time the Giants didn't win. I feel like the the San Francisco Giants win every day. If they lose, the Giants have to win something. Because that's yeah, just tr- the I feel like the Giants are like 130 and three uh, in Major League Baseball. So maybe it's a good day for the football Giants.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and the fact that you, you need to tie in the San Francisco Giants, who are three time zones away from the New York Giants, <laughs> giants to find some glimmer of hope <laughs> for the football team on Thursday Night Football. I mean, that, that is how bad things are for the New well, York
0: here's, Giants. Well, right here's now. the good news, Jonas the Giants opened at plus 600 to win the division. <laughs> they now they've they've lost a game good news though they're plus 575 okay, I give so up. now you get less of a comeback <laughs> if you bet the giants somehow i don't know whose idea if if i'll be honest if you bet the Giants to win the division right now. You're you're an absolute moron. <laughs> well, I'll just go ahead and put it. I, that's as nicely as I can put it. You're a dope.
1: Okay, let, let me ask you. Okay, you guys being the experts, and this is just my you know moron. Uh, you know I, I look at it from you know a guy who is awful at gambling standpoint. But let me just ask you this: Is part of the reason why the Giants' odds to win the division dropped after they not only look lost in Week One, but they look terrible doing so? Is part of that reason because there's been an adjustment made to the teams on their schedule? Maybe their schedule isn't as difficult as what we thought going into the season?
0: Well, that's what's happened. Now, the Cowboys come out and they lose week one and they've got injuries. The, f- the football team, who was the second favorite, has lost their quarterback. So everybody else gets bumped up just a little bit based on that.
1: Wow, so I was right. How about that? You, look you know, that you. means I'm going to be wrong the next 90 times. So at least <laughs> you know what's coming based on trend lines on this show.
0: Well, I, 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 in our last, uh, our last segment here, I want to get to the Baltimore Ravens, who they've got a pretty big game coming up on Sunday yes. Night Football yes. uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And things could not be lining up worse for the Ravens. I want to go into some of these numbers on the other side.
1: And it is straight out of Vegas. Back next here, the pregame show you've always wanted. Jonas Knox, AJ Hoffman in for RJ Bell right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox
0: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: All right, I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. And Jonas-, I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. AJ, and we got an injury in Baltimore, don't we? Yeah, listen,
0: Chris Westry doesn't sound like a big name, and he's not. Uh, he played 33 of the 80 defensive snaps on Monday Night Football in Week One, and now he's out for a month with a torn meniscus. He's a cornerback. Um, he was he had a 76.7 grade Week One against Las, against Las Vegas, but. Now these these are starting to pile up. Jimmy Smith missed last week. He's questionable. He's been limited in practice. Marcus Peters is out for the season already with an ACL. Here's some numbers from the Kansas City game at Baltimore last year. The Chiefs won this game 34 to 20. And I want you to think about this. Patrick Mahomes was 31 of 42 in that game. 385 yards passing and four touchdowns. 26 rushing yards and a touchdown. His QBR was 98, and he had a 133.5 passer rating. And now I want you to consider that Jimmy Smith was healthy in that game. Marlon Humphrey was healthy in that game. Marcus Peters was healthy in that game. They had their full load of cornerbacks in that game, and Mahomes still just destroyed them. Now... Jimmy Smith questionable, Marcus Peters out. Marcus Peters backup, Chris, Chris Westry out. I don't know what the Ravens are going to do in the secondary. But if I'm Patrick Mahomes and I'm coming off a close call against the Browns, I am licking my chops against a defense that I know I had my way with a year ago.
1: And and also, let's be honest, the, the Ravens are going to go where Lamar takes them. I mean, that, that's just – that's where we're at with this team, especially with all the injuries that have occurred. And what we saw on Monday night was – that offensive line is not the offensive line of years past that a lot of people can can look at and go, oh, well, that th- th- he's going to be fine. At least they'll keep him protected. And then on top of that, Ronnie Stanley uh, is also going to be out for this game. So not only do you have to worry about what Patrick Mahomes is going to do to that secondary and to that defense, now all of a sudden you got to worry about whether or not uh, you're going to be able to keep Lamar Jackson upright or, or if he's going to have enough time to make plays. This feels like this is a really, really bad spot for Baltimore on Sunday.
0: Well, it's funny you mention the offense because Guess what? They've got some some issues from last year, too. Lamar Jackson only threw for 97 yards and a touchdown last year. 15 of 28, 97 yards. He had a 25.6 QBR. He did rush for 83 yards. Here's the deal, though. They had 228 yards of total offense in that game against the Chiefs. Now, if you take away Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, all guys who won't be suited up on Sunday night, those guys accounted for 116 of the 228 Jeez. total yards. Jeez. It's basically Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and now they're missing tackles. It's a a total mess right now in Baltimore, who I think has to be one of the most downgraded teams. Obviously, you know, three and a half is is not a number where it's you feel like it's a slam dunk. The Chiefs have been, the Chiefs are two and ten in their last twelve against the spread. In those same twelve, they're ten and two straight up. So the, the Chiefs have not been exceeding the expectations of the market, but I can't find a way to look at Baltimore in this game, given everything that's going on with the Ravens.
1: Well, and also just look at their divisions. As we talked about the NFC East earlier, if you look at the AFC North, I would argue every team after one week has been upgraded other than Baltimore. Like, like I, think, I think Joe Burrow looked much better than what I expected coming off the knee injury after getting barely any reps in the preseason and having some concerns. I thought Cincinnati looked better than expected. Pittsburgh won on the road. And Cleveland, I mean, they were in control for a lot of that game. Like, that didn't feel like, oh, you know, last year in the playoffs was, you know, a fluke in, in what they were able to do and stay competitive. They, they matched up pretty well against Kansas City. I'd argue Baltimore's the one team in that division I'm, I'm more down on than I was based on one week.
0: I'm with you, except I, I have Pittsburgh neutral uh, from a week. I know they they got a win as an underdog, and th- that's nice. Pittsburgh's offense has some real issues. Ben had the least time to throw, the least time to throw, and was throwing the most into covered receivers. And so it's, there's a, a, a rating called aggressiveness, which means how much are you trying to fit things into narrow windows? Ben led in that. On the on the other side of that, like the second most, uh, you know, the second shortest time to throw was Baker Mayfield. But he was throwing into the most open windows. So he's getting rid of the ball quick, but to open guys. It, it, I, I've got real concerns about Pittsburgh offense going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and it's good to uh, get that stuff in with RJ not here. I, I do think that's
0: about, I know. I don't want to get my gotta, mic shut off. Yeah, you can't yeah. have that.
1: <laughs> you got to get the, get your licks in while you can. I would also say the same thing about Ohio State as well, too. If you got anything to say about Ohio State after last week, I would get it in now Listen, uh, while RJ's not here. Do you
0: think anything needs to be said about Ohio State <laughs> after last week? I, I think what whatever would have been said has now been said it, 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 their, their play said it all i'm afraid
1: that, that, that's a good point yeah that is a very fair point point.
0: and by the way in this ravens game something to consider this is the first time in lamar jackson's career that he's going to be a home underdog that's first crazy. time in his career that is and crazy. this is the first time he's more than a three-point underdog since September of 2019 when they went to the Chiefs. So, it's a rare spot for Lamar Jackson to be an underdog and that can speak to I mean you're playing the team that's the favorite to win the Super Bowl or it could speak to there's a whole lot going on with that roster right now that that is ugly and Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is going to have to have a superman performance. I think, to even keep the Ravens competitive in this game.
1: So so let me ask you, because I know we do have a best bet coming up on the game uh, tonight, which is kicking off uh, less than two hours from now between uh, Washington and the New York Giants. It just just from a based on everything that we've just discussed, how everything is slanted towards Kansas City, matchup-wise, offense, defense, the injuries in Baltimore, for people that are listening to this right now that are thinking – well, that sounds like a pretty good spot to take advantage of. I mean, how do you take advantage of something like this? And it doesn't make us sadistic for doing it. Now, Steve Fezzik will wait till a guy, you know, uh, gets his leg ripped off in competition and immediately start betting the under season total uh, on 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 his performance throughout the course of the year. He can't wait to, to get his hands on that. Just going into this game, based on everything that we've talked about, not specific props or or even you know a, a, you know a point total or anything like that, but just how should we be thinking as we head into that game on Sunday night? Because there's going to be a lot of people, and I say this from experience, that are going to wait till Sunday night to really get aggressive because they lost their ass all weekend in college football in the NFL. I'm telling now you that, that right now.
0: That's a good point. What I would say is, if you if you've got some you know some notion now about how you're going to bet the Ravens going forward. I'd be careful on doing it this game uh, it, because, obviously, this is a standalone game. People don't don't throw around too much money because it's the only show in town. But also, I'd like to say, oh, bet maybe bet the Ravens team total under or maybe bet the Chiefs team total over. One of those things. But I, I'm curious to see how, with so many injuries from week one to week two, I wonder – what the what the game plan adjustment is going to be for Harbaugh? But I do think right now with the Ravens, who, who their their win total is now nine and a half. If you if you live in a state where you can in season bet these types of things on DraftKings or something like that, under nine and a half looks mighty good to me on these Ravens.
1: Yeah, based on what we saw for sure, and I, I would also think if they're going to be that dependent on Lamar Jackson, um, maybe the uh, the rushing yards total might be inflated. Uh, so maybe you th- start thinking about betting the under on that but what the hell do i know i lose at bets that's that's who i am don't yeah. we all yeah well i, I lose more <laughs> than most so that's the problem
0: well there's a uh, a game tonight and i've got a prop bet on a running back jonas
1: OK, let, let's hear it. So we, we love the prop bet. Steve Fezzik, uh, always a, a big fan of the props. He does some very bizarre props like uh, colored Gatorade at the Super Bowl. And he uh, bizarrely has success in some of these uh, some of these departments. But what are you looking at as far as a prop bet for tonight's game?
0: I can't get quite to Gatorade depth, but I'm going to give you <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you J.D. McKissick over 16 and a half receiving yards. The Giants last year, only three teams allowed more receiving yards to opposing running backs. Uh, And J.D. McKissick was one of the guys that took advantage of that. He had 15 receptions and 108 yards in the two two games against uh, the the Giants last year. And I would expect a very conservative game plan from Washington, which means dink and dunk, throwing out to running backs in the flats, throwing to tight ends. I think that the football team are going to be very careful with the health of Heineke because the waiting with his helmet on his hip, waiting to go in the game is Kyle Allen. And then the football team knows that's a mighty big drop off. So I think it's going to be a quick and conservative offense for the football team. And I think J.D. McKissick is the guy who benefits from that. So let's go over 16 and a half receiving yards for Washington running back J.D. McKissick.
1: that's awesome so there it is your best bet if you missed any of today's show here you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com we take a deep dive into tonight's game between the giants and the washington football team and also how the nfc east looks moving forward so again go to foxsportsradio.com just search for straight out of vegas and a best bet a prop bet in that game as well too aj hoffman jonas Knox. we are back tomorrow straight out of vegas right here fox sports radio Go right again